Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Mamas, the school year is less than one month away, whether we like it or not. And I'm in full prep mode over here. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to rush through summer, believe me. Since I live in the near tundra and am buried under a blanket of snow for nearly nine months of the year, I want to squeeze every bit of life out of summer that I can. But I also don't want to crash headlong into the school year without feeling fully prepared for it. So in that way, I feel like summer, Jamie is being kind to fall Jamie, who will need all the help she can get once homeschooling gets underway again. Funny, I've been doing this homeschooling thing for about 12 years now, so you'd think I'd be able to just quickly slough off summer and start up the school year with ease, but it always seems like I need to give myself a little bit of a longer runway, more time to slowly work up to full throttle. So right now, I'm paying it forward to myself by preparing for the busyness of fall in small, intentional ways. One of which is by shoring up my meal plans. I've always been a meal planner, even before homeschooling, even before having kids. I think when I first got married, meal planning was just an easy way to help, a, help me keep to my budget and maybe have some variety in our diet. But now that I have kids and a busier household, meal planning has proven to be much more than that. So today we're going to be talking about meal planning and sharing some of our best kitchen hacks to help you gear up for the school year ahead. I've got my friends Kate and September with me today, and if you know them at all, you know they know their way around a kitchen. So ladies, I know that there are many moms out there who kind of shy away from the idea of meal planning, either because maybe it feels too daunting, time-consuming, overwhelming, or maybe because it just feels too constricting, like they don't want to be chained to a menu and would rather just cook whatever they're craving. Are you in that camp? I am not at all in that camp. I'm doing my best right now. At this stage of life, I'm trying to eat keto. So I have to be very intentional when it comes to meal planning and prep. I'm a planner by nature, so figuring out what I'll be cooking each week, it just makes life go a lot smoother. Plus, I do like to cook. I know not everybody does, but I enjoy it. It's actually fun and relaxing to me. It's a time for me to be creative and try new things and you know, just throw in an ingredient that I wouldn't typically put in that dish and just see how it turns out. And it's a busy time for me right now. I have a new book out, but cooking, you know, it just kind of relaxes me. It's sort of my chill space to go. And I know it's not for everybody, but I enjoy it. But I do think that planning, having a plan of attack, just it just makes life go easier, especially with school coming up. The more prep you can do now, the easier it's going to be then. Right. You know, I like a menu, but I don't mind changing things up a bit if we're all hoping for something different that night. Um, I used to meal plan right to the penny. Uh, you know, I've been married. 30 years, not as long as Kate, but, um, whether I think it depends if you're doing a special diet too, that makes a huge difference. Um, but I like to grocery shop now, uh, with ideas rather than just recipes. So because I've been cooking in the kitchen so many years and cooking for so many people, 
um, I like to shop with ideas. I have recipes in mind, but I like to shop with ideas and concepts and take my list that way and menu plan that way. It gives me more flexibility, but I always know, and this is the one thing, if you don't like to follow a menu, you should always know your basic core and staple ingredients to have on hand so that you can pull a meal together on the days that you want to wing it. Um, we cook, we cook in bulk. So that takes away a lot of the guesswork and detailed meal planning. I do not cook fancy unless it's a special holiday or, um, we have company coming. So everyone always knows what to expect. So menu planning is fine, but I don't even need it written down anymore. I just know when I go to the store exactly what I need, because usually it's the same thing. But like I said, like with Kate, you know, if you're following a certain diet, meal planning is imperative. Okay, so flesh that out in real time for me, September. What do you mean by ideas? You have an idea of what you want to have. So every morning, mid-morning, my we have um, we have smoothies. So I have these ideas. How can we make our smoothies different this week? I know I'm shopping for smoothies. I don't have to write a meal plan because I already have protein powder. I already have the PB2. I already have frozen spinach. But if I want to throw in frozen raspberries, if I want to throw in something different, then that's the idea. When I'm in the produce section getting something fresh, I think, hmm, what would be different in my smoothie this week? Because I already know we're going to have smoothies. I'm not like planning out a smoothie menu. I already know what I have at home and what I want to change it up to be. Um, and the same goes for our other meals. I don't have to kind of try a zillion new recipes because by this time in my marriage and motherhood, I know what works. I know what I like to feed my family and I know what I need to buy. I don't really need a lot of new recipes because if you have some of the same ingredients in your home, then you're going to be able to make almost every recipe out there that fits into that category your family likes. We eat a lot of chicken. We eat a lot of fish. We eat a lot of fresh produce. And so when I go to the store, I know what I have at home, but I may want to change that recipe in my mind. So the idea is, well, this time, you know, maybe I'm going to get spaghetti squash instead of actually buying spaghetti to have that as our pasta meal this week. So I know I'm going to have a, a pasta menu, but I want to make it healthier. So I just don't buy the spaghetti. I buy the spaghetti squash. Um, you know what I mean? So I think if you're new and uh, to cooking in the kitchen or you're trying to keep an established budget, um, especially if you're trying to keep an established budget and you don't know what you want to try with new recipes, it's really important to meal plan. Yeah. And I, I guess I'd like to just piggyback on that September, the reason that it's important to have a meal plan, because I, I would assume that there's some ladies listening here to us that just the idea of planning out a menu makes them want to kick kittens because they like to be, you know, they like to have more variety than that. So let me just pause really quickly. If you're in that camp and you, you know, making a meal plan makes you itch. Let me just take just a couple seconds of your time and tell you why I think it's important to meal plan. And ladies, if you have anything else to throw in here, please chime in. Um, but obviously meal planning can help you save money. I think that's a no brainer. You, you don't have wasted ingredients because you can buy one ingredient and then use it for multiple dishes that week. And you're not throwing, you know, moldy celery away at the end of the week because you've used it two or three times. Um, you don't end up eating out as often. 
you have a plan and you can use that plan to help you in your daily schedule. You know, when you have to start something maybe in the crock pot or when you have to, um, how long a certain recipe will take you and when you have to get it started. So just having a plan will help you save time. I think it can help you provide healthier choices for your family because, you know, cheap and easy usually isn't the healthiest. And so when you're finding yourself always going to McDonald's or to Subway because you didn't have a plan and now it's, you know, the witching hour at home and everybody's staring at you hungry and you have to go somewhere to grab something, those things usually aren't the healthiest choices. I think it, it provides less overwhelm for you, especially at the dinner hour on those busy days because maybe you can plan for some crock pot meals or um, pull out a quick fix freezer meal or something because you have a plan and you, you know where you're going with it. Another benefit that I don't think we often give, give enough credit to is that it diminishes guilt. And here's what I mean by that. Every week, especially here in the summer and then you know, on into fall, there will be one or two nights where we have commitments as a family. And I know those commitments start, you know, just after dinner. And I don't always have the time to make this elaborate meal. But in knowing that, I can actually write that down on the meal plan and, and, and plan for maybe frozen pizza or hot dogs or something that seems a little less glamorous but I don't have to feel guilty about it because I'm not just like pulling out hot dogs because I, I'm at the, the last minute and I have to feed my family. It was actually in the plan. So I'm just sticking to the plan and doing the thing. And therefore I don't have to feel guilty about it because I already looked ahead to my week and said, hey, that's gonna be a frozen pizza night and that's okay. I've relinquished any guilt I might carry for maybe going quick and easy because that's what I needed and that's what I knew I needed. I think meal planning saves time. You can prep for one meal while you're making another one. I often um, prep for breakfast the night before when I'm making dinner because if I know ahead of time I'm making, you know, XYZ for breakfast and I need onions for that, well, I'm chopping onions right now tonight for dinner. So instead of just chopping onions now and then later in the morning, I'm going to chop double the amount of onions put half of them in the fridge and have them ready to go in the morning. It's saving me time in the morning. I'm also not doing dishes twice. And I also think um, having a meal plan can encourage hospitality. Again, if I know that if I plan ahead of time for maybe a fancier meal in the week or a nicer meal, I can say, hey, let's invite that new family at church over to have this meal with us on Friday and I can look ahead and have it all prepared. It kind of gives me the freedom to be hospitable because it's not last minute, it's not spur of the moment. I can actually plan for that. And, and oftentimes, maybe it's just my personality. If I don't plan for it and I don't write it down, I might have really great intentions to invite somebody over to share a meal with me, but it rarely ever happens. So if you're one of those women who, you know, just meal planning kind of makes you itch, you don't even want to tackle it, you don't really see the purpose or the point, I hope just a few of those reasons can maybe be the shot in the arm for you to at least consider it, to try it on and see if it fits. Um, because I think meal planning has a whole lot more benefits than just saving money and saving time. So ladies, do you have anything else to add there? Can you think of any other benefits for the mom who is sort of um, reluctant to meal plan or maybe has never done it before and just doesn't see what the point would be? 
Well, I think it gives a lot of variety to life. I mean, especially as the seasons change, you get the seasonal foods that like in the summertime and you have gorgeous tomatoes and wonderful zucchini and so many things that we can't get fresh and in, well, you can get them fresh, but they're from, you know, wherever in South America or China, wherever the produce is coming from that time of year. When I can go to the farmer's market in the summertime and get all the wonderful produce, a lot of times it's organic, which is important to me, things like that. It just makes, it may, it adds so much variety. And the thing about cooking, I think that people get, you know, crazy over, they think it has to be complex. You see these food shows on TV and you watch these chefs and all this stuff that they're doing. Ordinary people don't cook that way. I think that's why when I first started my blog way back in 2009, it was to provide what are the simple things that I do that take away the mystery of cooking that say, look, here's a basic chicken soup. Anybody on the planet can make this recipe. You have to follow. There's a few things you have to do, but it's not difficult. So I I don't know. I, I just think that when you do have a plan it makes it so much easier because then you go to the grocery store, you have your plan so you can make a list. You can say, okay, I know I'm going to make these things this week. What do I need to do this? I write out my list. I go to the grocery store. I buy those things and then I can get started doing whatever prep I can ahead of time. Sometimes a lot of it's just that day, but there are so many easy ways to to make cooking and meal planning much easier than we think it has to be, to be a certain way. So let's get to the brass tacks. I want us to unpack kind of how we do meal plans. And I know September you shared that it's just sort of old hat for you and and has become a habit, which I think is really freeing or can be really freeing for some of our listeners to know that it doesn't have to be such a contrived, well thought out thing all the time. Eventually it will just become a habit and, and you'll be able to do the thing without giving it much thought, effort, or attention. For me, because, you know, I haven't, been married for 30 years. We're going on our 18th year. So I've been, you know, top chef in my kitchen for about 18 years. What has worked for me um, started, I think, I think I really got a, a good handle on meal planning when I was pregnant with my third baby. I think it was born out of necessity. I could see that I was going to be very overwhelmed with three little ones. And I wanted to maintain at least a semblance of control where I could control. So I could control meal planning. And so I started there. And when I was pregnant with my third baby, um, I began this, this sort of weekly or bi-weekly ritual. And I just want to lay it out for you. This is, this is the way I meal plan. I'm not saying it's the best way. It's not the only way. It's just one example. So you can take the best of what I say and leave the rest. And these other ladies can, can weigh in and will weigh in with what has worked for them. But um, years ago, like I said, when I was pregnant with my third baby, I decided one day that I was going to sit down and make a list of all the main dishes that I made. Because part of my problem that I could see was, it's not that I didn't like to cook or that I didn't want to take the time to cook. I just couldn't think of what to cook, you know, and that took so much mental energy and I just didn't have any more mental energy to give. So I just took one afternoon and I actually went through every single cookbook that I owned and wrote down the main dishes that I, that I made and that my family enjoyed. And then I sort of put them in certain categories and I made myself a list. So my categories looked like this. I had um, a group of soups that I liked to make, hot and cold sandwiches that we, we ate as a main meal, 
pastas or uh, other Italian dishes. I had a, an international category with like Mexican food in it or Chinese food. I made a list of chicken dishes that I made and beef dishes, breakfast for dinner options. And then any other, I kind of had an other category to dump everything else in there like seafood and ham, which I didn't make a ton of, but I had some things that I like to make in, in those categories. So I divided all my main meals into these categories and made myself a spreadsheet. I also put next to them, like what recipe book and page number those, those main meals came from, if, if it wasn't something that I just could, could cook off the top of my head. Or at this point, now in my, in my mothering, I'm actually writing down, you know, Pinterest on my dinner board or whatever. I'm just jotting myself a note so that when I want to cook that dish, I don't have to go tracking it down. I can just look at the page and it tells me what cookbook to look in and what page number. So I started there. And then I decided I was going to make a two-week meal plan so that I could go to the grocery store every two weeks instead of every, every week. And that's not to say that I only go to the grocery store every two weeks. I mean, in theory I do, but I also, you know, run out of milk and bread and some of the staples. So I have to, to go to the grocery store, send my husband to the store, you know, every few days to grab those, those perishable staples. But I wanted to be able to limit my grocery run to, for the most part, every two weeks. So from that menu list of main dishes, I could then look every two weeks to create a menu plan. So that's what I'm currently doing and have done for years and years. Every two weeks, I sit down with my main dishes and I make myself a 10-day plan. Not 14 days, but 10 days. I make 10 days because I figure four of those days in a two-week spread, I can have um, leftovers, or maybe one of those times we'll eat out, or maybe we'll, we'll be invited somewhere to eat. So it gives me a little bit of freedom, but a little bit of formality. So I plan out 10 breakfasts, 10 lunches, 10 dinners based on that um, main menu list that I have. I'll pull out two chicken recipes, maybe two international recipes, two quick fix meals um, for each one of those categories but I don't assign them a day. I just write them on a list. So I have 10 breakfasts, 10 lunches, 10 dinners. That way on, on a particular day, I might have a real hankering for ham instead of chicken. And so I just look at my list and think, well, well, what do I have written down for ham? And I make that thing. While I'm making my 10 day menu, I also am, am creating my grocery list. And I'll get into that in a little bit with more specifics on how I make my grocery list, but I do make my grocery list in tandem with making my menu. One benefit to this is that I can actually look ahead in my calendar and see, oh, well on Monday, you know, my son has his baseball game and I know we have to get out the door at 5.30. So I can give myself the benefit of planning something really easy or even just say that has to be a night where we're pulling out a freezer meal or maybe eating out for pizza or whatever, I can look ahead and say, I'm gonna plan at least two quick meals every week or two freezer meals every week. So that way on those days when life kind of um, spins in a tizzy, I'm not having to run and get takeout because I've already planned for those busy evenings in my meal plan. 
What about you girls? Do you have any, any tips or tricks for your weekly or monthly meal plan? I just think it's great to do something because it's very easy to, you know, drive into a fast food restaurant and throw processed foods at your kids. I think what we have to remember too is the bigger picture. If we're raising children and we're feeding a family, we want to give them the best quality food that we can afford. There's so much junk in our food today, so many additives, so many icky things that the more that we can be intentional on what we buy, how we prepare it, all those things. But you have to have some kind of plan, whether it's a 10-day spreadsheet. That probably wouldn't be me just because I wouldn't know how to do a spreadsheet. But you know, knowing I'll look at the week ahead and say, okay, what do I have on hand? What do I need to go buy? Um, that's why I think I created, when I first started blogging and writing, it was all recipes. So my my website has a whole section of recipes with a huge recipe index with things that are, and, and I even have a whole section of quick and easy. So I can go in there quickly and go, Ooh, I want to make, I haven't made that in a while. I want to make that. I've made it before. I know how to do it. Nothing in there is difficult, but we do have to be intentional because we, we really want to be feeding our children in, in so many ways, but it just with the, with the basics of food, things that are going to help their bodies grow and be as strong and healthy as they possibly can without all the additives and all the icky stuff. But we have to think about it. We have to have some kind of a plan and write something down and begin to begin to find what are those favorites? What are the things my family loves that I can make many times? And when I make, make a giant batch of it so I can freeze a couple more meals out of that. That helps make it easier. Those freezer meals are great, Jamie. That's a great way to, to do things. Just always make extra. So on those nights, there are going to be nights you just don't feel like cooking or you're tired or, or the day took a turn for the worse and you're just like, you know what? I don't even care. We're just getting something out of the freezer or we're just making scrambled eggs for dinner. But I d you do need to have some kind of a plan, I believe. Let's, let's put a pin in the freezer meals because I want to get back to that. But September, do you have any thoughts to add to that? You know, my first thought, actually my running thought through this entire podcast is that I am that mom that might be listening. That's like, I just can't do this. I just cannot meal plan because it's not in my personality. And you would think that a mom of 10 kids would be the one doing the biggest meal plan prep, but it's just not in my mental capacity to have so many things running well. And this is the area you know, I don't want to say I don't run it well, but I don't run it similarly. And I think that's a great thing about this podcast. One of our um, statements is that we can um, share different viewpoints and different ways of doing mo motherhood. But I agree that meal planning is important. I just can't do it well. So my own alternative survival solution to not being able to meal plan well, um, because I don't have the mental capacity to go to that place. Um, I have six standbys that I have kept in my, um, you know, my pocketbook, my, my brain to keep our meals running for this many people. And I'll just list them. And maybe you're, you're, maybe you're like me and this is truly difficult for you in this season. I do want to add that there was a season I did meal plan and I did it. Um, frequently, but as I um, had more children, more responsibilities, I became very sick. It wasn't something that I could do. So these are the six things that I fell back on because I'm that mom. Um, I always have raw fruits and veggies implemented into every meal. I try to feed my family very little pasta 
and, and not a lot of grains, although they are important. Um, I try to have a baking day twice a week uh, so that I can stockpile, freeze, and have available. I always revert to soups or Instapot meals if necessary because I always do have those ingredients on hand, so you can cook anything in a soup or an Instapot. Number five for us is to cook and prep in advance, and that piggybacks what Jamie and Kate were saying. You know, when you cook, you cook in bulk, make extra and freeze. That was a big, big thing for me because meal planning wasn't a forte of mine. And my last thing, which has saved my hide, is to um, teach my kids how to cook and bake in the early years so that now... Um, they are doing that. I, it is very rare now. And, you know, I'm a mom, I've been a mom 27 years. I, I think I make a meal twice a week um, because of these six things. And those six things put together for people like me have been surviving, a survival. So that's my two cents. Yeah. And I just want to say that this, an episode like this can be filled with a lot of shoulds and we don't want this to feel like a burden to anybody. We recognize, I recognize as the meal planner in the group that this isn't going to be um, a good fit for everyone. But if we can lay out a couple of ideas for you to sample and survey and see which one does fit, and maybe none of them will fit, and that's okay too. Don't look at this um, meal planning as another thing to add to the list of things you should be doing. Just allow it to be inspiration for some things that you could try. Um, but based on what September said and the fact that she said she, it's just not in her personality, I would wager that there's quite a lot of women out there who this... I've been told I'm a kid-lit snob, and you know, I don't disagree. I am a kid-lit snob, but why not? When the majority of conservative and even Christian book lists contain a very popular middle grade collection about dragons that includes a large amount of crass and cruel language, gratuitous violence, the support of ungodly themes like post-birth abortions, racial injustice, and genocide, someone has to speak up. Did I mention that in book 13 of that same series, the author introduces a sexual agenda that is contrary to scripture? Well, it does. I wish I could say that this is a rare exception in the kids section of the public library, but it's not. The truth is, more and more middle grade writers are being pressured by certain organizations to include specific political, social, and sexual agendas in the final books of their otherwise clean series in order to begin grooming children without parental knowledge. This means that even the most conscientious parent might find their vetting efforts being thwarted when they approve of a series after reading the first few books, only to later discover that the subsequent books don't align with their values. As a Christian writer, an avid reader, the host of a bi-weekly tween and teen book club, a former children's librarian at a megachurch, and a teacher, who spent the past 21 years helping kids discover great books, both in and out of the classroom, I'd love to curate a stack of books just for your kids. That's why I've created the Bibliophiles, a membership community of like-minded parents dedicated to keeping the literary wolves at bay. 
When you join the Bibliophiles, you'll receive a monthly email filled with age-appropriate books that I've personally read and hand-selected, a few trending books that have content you might want to be aware of, and occasionally a title selected just for you, Mama. Each quarter, you'll also receive a bonus-themed list filled with titles curated with one topic in mind, like The Civil War, Friendships, Pets, or Christmas. Additionally, you'll be able to link arms with other parents in our private Facebook group where you can ask about specific titles your kids are interested in, share books that you yourself have been reading, and learn about new literary trends and vetting tips. As parents, we are the gatekeepers of our kids. Just as we lock our doors to prevent intruders from entering and physically harming our family, we can be equally as vigilant when it comes to the thieves who would love to enter their minds and steal away their innocence through the books that they read. To find out more or to join the Bibliophiles community, head to jamieerickson.com backslash bibliophiles. I love to live in spreadsheets. And actually when I, when I make my meal plan, I usually just handwrite it. There's something lovely about actually writing it down and in my own hand, but not everybody thinks that way. Not everybody thinks in columns and in figures. And so I just wanted to stop right here and chat for a second and give some tips for the mom who's never done any meal planning before, um, who maybe feels really overwhelmed and is not sure where to start. Do we have any thoughts for ways to meal plan in small steps so that it's not so overwhelming? Well, I think at first, think about what do you like to eat? You know, what, what do you like? You go out to a restaurant, what do you like that they made? Google it, see if you can find a recipe, read through it, see if it doesn't seem too difficult to make. Because most things that you find online, I mean, unless you're getting into French cuisine or something really esoteric, most stuff's pretty easy to cook. Cooking's not as hard as we think it is. And if you stick to the basics, you're going to be fine. I'd recommend, you know, there are a few good cookbooks out there that you can get, something that'll just teach you some basics, make your list of ingredients, and don't just don't be afraid to try something new. Don't be afraid to try your hand at, at a new technique or a new dish that you've never made before, but you thought, man, I really love fill in the blank. Let me, let me Google a few recipes and see, because there'll be, you know, a thousand entries for any recipe that you put in. And you can find one that will fit your budget and fit your ability. And just, I, I would say, just don't be afraid. It's just food. You know, if it really is horrible, you just throw it in the garbage and go out to dinner. But for the most part, I think you're going to be fine. Just trust yourself. Know what you like, what your family likes. And I think, I think you're going to be fine. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and for me, I, um, I like to make changes. I like to try new things when it comes to meal planning. But for me, because of everything else I'm doing, I have to start with the one meal a day concept. So small changes for personalities like mine and capacity life are the key. So if I want to change a part of my menu or my feeding my family, for me, it would be like picking breakfast. How do I want to change that? I can't just take our entire menu and change it and plan it. So I might say to the kids, this is what we're going to do. We're going to meal plan for breakfast. And you know, when you, it's like baby steps with anything. Once you do that, you're like, wow, that wasn't too hard or wow, that really worked. Um, and then you move on to adding something else in, but so small changes are the key. Maybe start with one meal a day. 
Exactly. That, that's a really good thought, September. I think so many times we look at something like this, this big concept of meal planning, and we think we have to bite off the whole elephant in one big gulp. Really, it's just like small incremental bites, one, one at a time. Um, one little tip I'd like to throw out there that was helpful for me, and, and I, I feel like I give this advice a lot to new moms who are, are not familiar with meal planning. Instead of planning for what you're going to eat, write down what you did eat. So write down what you had for breakfast, what you had for lunch, what you had for dinner for about a week. And you know what? There you go. There's one week's meal plan that doesn't have to be a wheel you invent. It's just something that you can tweak. So next week you can take that same list and maybe change one or two things on it, but you don't have to come up with the whole plan all over again. And if you do that for about four weeks straight, you'll have a whole month of meals at your fingertips and at the ready. Um, another thing is to compile a meal list. I know I just talked about that a lot, but you know, I made that meal list about 12 years ago when I was, was pregnant with baby number three, and it has sustained me for 12 years. It's not to say that it's been the same. I think that our eating habits as a family has changed really dramatically in the last um, maybe 10 years when we had some health issues and we're eating a eating not just homemade food, but fresh, organic, and um, whole foods more than we ever did. And so some of the things that were on that meal list when I first made it are no longer there, and I've added plenty more. So it's kind of a fluid list. It's ever-changing, but the bare bones of it stays the same, and I can always go back to it. When I can't think of something to cook, I can go to that list and, and not expel any extra mental energy trying to think of something to cook. And then, like Kate said, I think freezer meals has been a key. And I've done freezer meals two different ways in the last 18 years of marriage. I used to be a part of a freezer cooking club, and we'd get together once a month, and we'd each make one meal but six or seven um, times, and then we'd pass it out, that one meal to all six or seven members of the club. And at the end of it, you'd take home six or seven different meals. And that's one way to do it. But I'm in a season where I can't take a whole Saturday morning to make six or seven freezer meals. But I still freezer meal a lot because it saves me so much time and energy. I just do it a little bit differently. Sometimes I, I double a recipe that I'm making. And, I, and that takes some intentionality too, because you have to think ahead and, and buy double the ingredients, especially with a family of my size. I can't just make one pound of hamburger meat um, and, and somehow make it stretch. I have to actually buy two or three pounds of extra hamburger meat. So sometimes it's a matter of making the same meal, but making it in double and freezing half and eating half. But other times it's just prepping for meals and freezing the prep. In other words, when I bring home a bag of frozen chicken, I can cook it all up that same day that I bring it home, shred it, and then put it in packages, like one serving size packages in my freezer. So that way on a night when I want to have tacos, chicken tacos, I don't have to actually make the chicken. I just have to throw it together with the rest of the taco ingredients. And it, it, the same goes for hamburger meat. I can fry up all of the, the hamburger meat to put in soups and in casseroles in, in one serving size containers in my freezer. And, and half the trouble is already done for me because the meat's already cooked. I do that with um, bacon and ham, pizza dough, even cookie dough. I've actually even done it um, with, 
with fruit. When I get fresh fruit in, in season, I'll buy it in huge bulk, like apples or strawberries or peaches, and, and do a little prep. And you can actually get um, some freezer meal cookbooks that kind of um, lay it all out for you on how you can prep fruit so that it doesn't discolor or go bad on you in the freezer. But I'll prepare it ahead of time so that during the rest of the year when that fruit is not in season and it's coming from who knows where around the world, um, I can pull it out of my freezer and toss it into breakfast bakes or desserts and have relatively fresh fruit on the table when it otherwise wouldn't be in season. Sometimes though, I think it's not actually the preparing of the meals that's the difficult part for moms. It's, it's everything that comes before that. So I want us to talk just a little bit about all the extra parts of meal planning, like maybe the shopping or the finding and organizing recipes. Because like Kate was saying, sometimes, sometimes it's just a matter of finding the right recipe that can really um, add to your table. You know, there can be a million pot roast recipes, but they're not all going to be good. So sometimes it's just a matter of finding the right recipe and learning how to read a recipe well to know whether it's going to fit your family. So I'm wondering if you're a list maker, a shopping list maker, is there, are there any tools or tricks that you have helped you in all the prep work to making meals? Yeah. You know, I am, I am the master of whipping something together, I think. And that's why I don't label it as meal planning. The more that we chat about this, I think it's just years of habits that began with meal planning that have brought me to a place where I don't have to do it as much because I do have my recipes in one place. I do know where the best deals are to shop. I do have the best system for, um, organizing my recipes uh, so my kids can find them. They know, uh, even my older daughters who grow grocery shopping now ask me, you know, where I get the best deals for the best prices, uh, different stores. I have grocery lists organized by the aisle. And, you know, I thought through this and I thought these are just things that I do now like breathing. So be encouraged that these things really do start small. And, you know, I didn't even, um, I don't even call it meal planning anymore. It's just part of our life. When we pick strawberries, I freeze in bulk. When I get spinach, I flash freeze it for our smoothie recipes. It's just things I do now. Um, it's just already at my fingertips. Um, so when I make my shopping lists, it's by the aisle. It's if I send my husband, I give him lists. I'm like, you know, he doesn't even have to say, where is this? As he's walking, I know he's going to see the pretzels on his right at the bottom. So I put that first, you know, and I just think through aisle by aisle of each store. And, um, those are the things that, that make life so much easier when you, when you're in the store and your kids are talking to you, I have heard myself say, please stop talking to me because I'm trying to think like they think we're just there for, you know, like a, a chat, but we're there to grocery shop. So those grocery lists and the recipes, um, they're handy. All my older kids now, they say, mom, can you send me that recipe for, uh, your soup? And I say, no, you could just look it up at septembermccarthy.com or, you know, I just, it's all where they can find it. So that's what I do. I too organize my um, grocery list by aisle September. And that came about at the same time where my meal list came from. I thought, well, here's another thing that is within my control. I 
pretty much end up buying the same things every week with a few tweaks here and there based on what I have planned for our menu. But for the most part, you know, you buy your staples, you buy the same things every week. And I found myself writing down the same things every week. You know, I knew I needed bread. I knew I needed eggs. I knew I needed, you know, butter. So why was I expelling so much time and energy writing down the same things week after week? So I ended up making a template for my grocery list. I typed it all up but I organized it by aisle and I actually went to the store once. And this is how neurotic I was about it when I was pregnant. You knew, you know, you do all these crazy things with pregnancy hormones, but I went to the grocery store with a list or with a blank piece of paper and I walked through the grocery store exactly as I would walk through it any, at any given week. And I wrote down the things that I would buy on any given week, exactly as I came to them in the store and then I made a master list. I typed it up. And so my list will, will look like this. It'll have produce and it'll list out the, the things that I typically buy in the produce section. And as I come to them within that section, and then I left two or three lines blank. And I went through every single aisle and I wrote it down just like that. And now um, I don't do it all the time anymore because especially now we're in a new community. So I need to go to my grocery store and do this again because my grocery store has changed. But I would print out the list every week and then I would put it up on the fridge with a highlighter. And as I ran out of things, I would just highlight the thing that I ran out of. Or if I knew I needed something I would that wasn't on the list already, I would jot it down under those two or three blank lines. And by the time it was time to grocery shop, most of my list was made for me. And I could easily send that list with my husband or anyone because it was formatted exactly as you walk through the grocery store. And I wasn't having to write down the same thing week after week. I just highlighted it if we ran out of it. So as we close up the show, ladies, I'd love it if we could all just share a few of our best, simple, and time-saving kitchen hacks, ways that we've maybe learned to shave off time and energy in our meal prep or our meal service or maybe even the cleanup. Do you have any great tips, kitchen hacks to share with our listeners? I think one of my favorite things to do is when I buy fresh produce, wash it as soon as you get home, wash it and dry it, wash your lettuce. If you've get, got one of those little salad spinners, get it in there and get it really good and clean. And then I, I, I actually will lay out all my lettuce on paper towels and kind of roll it up. And so it's, so it stays dry, but it stays pretty fresh in there and put it in a plastic bag. Um, you can, you can chop certain veggies ahead of time. Like, Jamie was saying onions, carrots, celery, depending what you're making that week. But the rest, I'll wait until I'm preparing dinner. Some things you don't want to cut up ahead of time. You want to be careful. But just washing things, and that makes a huge difference. Um, making double batches, as we've already talked about, freezing things, all of that. Just, um, you know, you, if you have leftovers or you have a frozen meal, all you have to do is add a salad or a veggie to it and maybe some bread or a potato or something like that. So, and I, I think to just keep it simple, just try to keep it simple. I mean, a, a, you know, a basic pot of soup with a good salad and bread with it is a perfectly acceptable dinner. So just don't, don't make it overwhelming. Don't let yourself think, oh my gosh, I have to become a gourmet cook to be able to cook. No, you just have to you just have to do something intentional and thoughtful and get it out there on the table. You'll be fine. 
Okay, here's my list. I'm just going to give a quick bullet point list of things that have been great kitchen time saving hacks and um, service and cleanup, like when you're at the table. So, when we're at the table, I am a big stickler about distraction, kids getting up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, so, we actually have, because we have a big family, we have a long table, I have um, water pitchers that are plastic and not the fancy kind. I do have those for entertaining, but I have three because our table's so long and I fill them with water and lemon or water and oranges. And I keep those on the table, three right down the middle. So everyone can refill their glasses, um, at any time without getting up to get another drink. Uh, we, I try to keep it nice so we don't have like plastic containers or whatever you're serving. We just keep it with water and lemon or water with like orange um, in it. And everybody loves that. No one even thinks now. And that's a huge budget cut right there. Another thing we do, I absolutely love, this is a time, this is actually like a kitchen hack for people that hate cutting up onions. I have these onion goggles I got on Amazon and you can get them in any color. And I wear them when I cut up my onions. Guess what? No tears. And so that's a kitchen hack. Write it down, find them on Amazon. Actually, we'll, we'll put the link here in the show notes. Um, but that's a kitchen hack, right? Um, oh, and here's in my last one. Sort your pantry like a store. So we have all our garbanzo beans lined up. We have all our chili beans lined up. We have all of our paper towels in one section. So when that row is empty, ding, 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 you check it on your little list. You know, you need to shop for it. The person in charge of the list writes it down. But when we bring our groceries home from Aldi's or wherever we go, everything goes by likes, by, um, it's just like a grocery store. Our pantry is like a grocery store. So whether you have a small closet or a cupboard, um, organize it that way. And then you're not digging. It saves you time. You know, if something's missing. And, um, so those are my three things that save me a lot of time. I'm going to have to get some of those goggles. September. <laughs> I have drippy eye all the time in the kitchen, not just for onions. It's like the smell of certain foods just make me gush for my eyes. So I I'm going to definitely be looking for that link in the show notes. Well, how about I, yeah, I think I should share a picture of me wearing those on our, our Instagram stories, because it is funny. My daughter-in-law, she told me, I can't even take you seriously when you wear those things. That's I'd like hilarious. to see that. Absolutely. Uh, Let's yeah. That. I want to see it too. One other tip this time of year while where Vidalia onions are out, you won't get the teary eyes with Vidalias. Okay. So that's a little tip. And they're sweet. You can eat them. You know, they don't, they're not as hot as a regular onion. So I love me some Vidalias. Leave yes. it to Kate to give us the best advice. Um, I just have a couple because I'm a big advocate for using one thing in multiple ways, mostly because for years and years I had a teeny tiny kitchen with like, I could count the the amount of cupboards I had on one hand. So I had to get really crafty at having just a few gadgets and using them for multiple things. So here are a few of my best kitchen hacks for using what you already have in your cupboard in different ways. First, use a pizza cutter for a lot of different things besides just pizza. Anything that you need to cut, especially when you have a lot of littles, you know, when, when all five of mine were little and they couldn't quite use a knife yet, I used a pizza cutter like nobody's business for everything, for cutting pancakes and waffles and chicken. It's really easy just to zip it right through the food quickly as opposed to trying to cut it with a knife and fork for them. So anything that you can cut with a knife, chances are you can cut it much faster with a pizza cutter. 
I also use my cheese grater a lot for a lot of different um, things besides just cheese. I use it for vegetables, of course, for um, cutting things in really small, tiny little pieces. But here's my secret sauce for making really good pastries. Most pastry recipes say um, cut your butter. Like if you have a pie crust recipe or scones or even biscuits, it'll tell you to cut your butter. And that's really time consuming. I used to watch my mom do it all the time. Um, but I use a cheese grater. So if your butter is really, really cold and you grate it just like you would grate cheese, it cuts it into teeny tiny little pieces, individual pieces that you need when you're, when you're um, baking certain pastries. I also use my kitchen shears for a lot of things. My favorite thing to use them for is cutting raw chicken breasts because I have a carving knife, but sometimes it's just such a hassle to take that out and to sharpen it well enough to get it um, sharp enough to cut through raw chicken, but my kitchen shears will get her done every time. And then use your KitchenAid for things like shredding chicken. Uh, like I said, I, I often make large batches of chicken breasts and I'll cook them up and shred them and bag them up into individual meal size portions, but it takes a long time to shred chicken or to shred a pot roast. So I put it in my kitchen aid and turn on the beater and it shreds it really quickly. I usually only do that when I'm cooking large batches of it because it takes some time to also clean the kitchen aid afterwards. So those are my best hacks. Ladies, the busyness of fall will be here before you know it. And while you won't be able to control every single part of those chaotic days, you can take charge of a few things. You can control what you can control. And I think meal planning is one of those easy wins that's within, relatively within your power to control. By just putting a few systems in place, you can save not only your sanity, but also your time and your budget, and in some ways your waistline and health because a plan will help you eliminate the need to eat out or to eat easy. So I'm curious, do you meal plan? What are your best time and money-saving tips in the kitchen? We'd love to hear about them. Head on over to the Mom to Mom podcast and tell us all about it. And while you're there, be sure to grab our 30 days of prayer for my child. There are 30 printable cards to help give you some specific and practical ways to pray for your kids today. Thank you so much for joining us for our first season here on the mom to mom podcast. We've been so honored to have been a part of your conversation these past few months. We'll be taking a break for a few weeks as we gear up for season two. We've got a great lineup for you and we can't wait to chat with you again. But if there's something specific you'd like for us to tackle, be sure to let us know over at Instagram or at the mom to mom podcast.com. We of course won't have all the answers, but you can be sure that will always point you to the one who does.